Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And we do a damn good job at it. I think he's right. And this week, it's sorry about that. Hey, Dave, you know I interrupted you? Why? Do you know how I interrupted you? Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Thank you. Hey, Dave, you know how I made fun of you for your glasses earlier? Yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, hey, Tim. Yeah? Fuck you. Hey, David. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, my God. Uh, this thing's recording. Oh, boy. Uh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, well, that's... I just introduce the show every time we're together. Yeah. See what happens. Well, it, it's it's funny how that happens because sometimes it's like it's like we're just like always living the life of as you were a podcast about alkaline trio. So true. Oh man, it's like it's like it's my it's the first thing I think about in the morning. It's the last thing I think about before I go to bed. I just think about it during lunch. Yeah, yeah, it makes me hungry. Mm-hmm. It makes me kind of tired. Yeah, but hey, while we're here. And while this thing is recording, uh, indicating that we are in fact in the throes of an episode of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, I figure maybe we talk about an Alkaline Trio song. What do you think? You know what? That sounds like a good idea to me. Sounds like a great idea. My idea. But, hey, you know how I'm taking credit for that idea? Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. I appreciate it. What song do you want to talk about? Well, it's not about what you want to talk about. It's about what song came up in our poll in our playlist thing yeah, that we our got shuffle. set up. Right, our, our shuffle. shuffle system. Yeah, playlist number one. Hit shuffle. What comes up? Oh my God! It's the last song on God Damn It. A record we've talked about so much. We've talked about it so much, and it was kind of wild to come to a song that we hadn't talked about yet, and a song that I have a lot of opinions about. Yeah, so do I. I mean, gotta say. This is your favorite record of all time. Mm-hmm. And this is the last song. And this mm-hmm. is the one that says, all right, we're done. Yeah. I don't I feel like we've talked about so many of the ones on this record now that I don't remember what we haven't discussed. But I do know we've discussed Trouble Breathing, the song right before it. Which, and we've discussed Message from Kathleen, the song before that. Yes. Um, but Trouble Breathing ends in a way where it's like, if that was the end of the record, you're not it's pretty solid yeah good closer but i think this is a great closing track uh for a lot of reasons one of which is that it's it's a pretty bold move maybe not in 2019 but in 1998 you're taking a risk there bold in what way well i mean there hadn't really been a long history of bands of this ilk of punk bands like ending songs with a slower quieter acoustic song that is now a thing there it's like a whole fucking move people do right but at that point they hadn't really done it and no one really saw this coming from them the fact they put two acoustic tracks on their debut album pretty wild especially when everything up to that point like was a little weirder the songs were a little more angular a little little faster like to see them really come in and present the side of themselves is is uh i don't want to say startling but you just kind of go like oh shit interesting and then to hear him to hear matt skiba singing a song that's so blatantly like an apology and so kind of unvarnished and raw it's just it's it's a very like 
it's a it's a interesting move because you everything that came before he was so confident i would say and there's such like a purpose to it and this is just like almost like i need to apologize to this person and don't know how so i'm gonna put it on the record like it's it's a very raw open kind of vibe to it absolutely i think that there's there's a lot to unpack in in what you just said there and i think let's start with the acoustic side to it because it's kind of hard to think now about that being something that might not be the expected way to close a record because if you think about it it's not like they were the first to do it but in terms of the subgenre that they were within no chance yeah i mean I, i was trying to think on the way up here of ones that predate it and obviously dear you ends in that way very clear example of it but i'm trying to think what else there is really the replacements mm-hmm. um and tim with here comes a regular yeah and i would say the ones in in those cases though they are a punk band and were a punk band like at that point they're moving kind of out of it right you know that they weren't putting it on sorry ma same with jawbreaker you know that they aren't doing that on unfun right that's why it's such a, a thing because it's you know obviously they would go back to this well several more times right and it's bold in the way that it's their first record. It's Mm -hmm. bold in the way that they are not really a part of a scene yet. Mm -hmm. They're still in this, like, you know, in Chicago, they play with fucking art rock bands. And when they tour, Mm -hmm. they tour with Asian man ska bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think taking into account the fact that, yeah, Tim is the fourth replacements record. Dear you is, jawbreaker after they've fully established themselves and here you have a band that is doing their first record and two acoustic songs and in the case of jawbreaker it's the record where like people are already going to be mad so lean into it right right this is not that the expectations Mm -hmm. are pretty low you know they've been a band for two years yeah it's it's bold in the in the way that it's it's almost like it's unwritten that you have to earn that spot i think you kind of do a little bit because Mm -hmm. there's a level of uh implied like profundity to it right you know you're really reaching for something and really trying to make a statement when you're like we're a punk band and we play these loud fast songs and now we're gonna take all of that away and you're gonna listen to what i have to say and when it doesn't work oh it's you see through it you see through it to uh reference a to reference this band directly in a time it doesn't work let's look to the new record Mm -hmm. where i've said it from the beginning do not like that song i think matt's vocal performance on it is strong i just wish he was saying literally anything else um and but there are other examples where it does work with them too and so like it's just it's a really compelling choice to me because trouble breathing with the way it ends if that ended with that last holdout, like you'd be like, oh, you know, this was this is a really big song. They're they're doing a thing. This feels very much like he needs to say this and get it out. And then, actually, I have more. And actually, I have more. And I think there might be an inclination to maybe end on a high note. The fact that troubled breathing is so just hopeless. Yeah. I mean, I've always read the song in a similar way, though. I This song doesn't leave me with a 
ton of optimism. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're not ending with trouble breathing, I would say that a lot of people are thinking like, oh, we can't end the record with that because it's just so dark. And and they're sure. like maybe throw something else in there to just like leave people with something nicer to walk away with. And then you get this and it's like, well, that didn't make me feel any better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess what does the song make you feel then? I think that this song really, I guess looking at it now a little bit more academically, it's one of those stories that it's told pretty explicitly what happens mm-hmm. and there's a lot of there's a lot of like heavy emotional lifting that it does mm-hmm. and explores and it doesn't really come away with the sort of punctuation that maybe we're used to in you know pop music or or television um the idea that you can come away with things like feeling better about something or that, or that you learn something what we learned here is that both of these people did something that they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And Matt acknowledges that both of them were kind of not in the right place to do it. And Matt explores his own fault in it. Um, and I think hints at the other party, um, you know, being in a in a position where this wasn't the right thing for them to do, but never at one point does Matt like try to use that against them. It's like this sucks for both of us. Yeah, I think what I like about it, and I've always liked about it, is it does a really good job of articulating that thing of like, in the moment, I wanted it to be this, right? But now I see you clearer than I did then, and I see what you were going through, and I was am sympathetic and understand that I was too caught up in my own thing to recognize that or reciprocate what you needed, you know? And I think that's a really interesting mechanism, a really interesting like mechanism and also a really interesting place to work from. Yeah. Because that's, it's, we've talked about it a lot, but what is so um, enjoyable about their early material is it's not, these songs aren't written super spitefully, really. It's very no. much like I'm in the wrong or I'm trying to get a greater understanding of this. And there is a lot of, there's more of an apologetic nature to it than there is like, I feel owed something or I was slighted. Well, I think that the whole song presents itself as, you know, so much of this record is is just centered around what is going on in, in Matt Skiba's life for you know the year within it within it being made right Mm -hmm. he's got uh, a crush on a waitress he has a job that really sucks to have to go to Mm -hmm. in the morning after he drank too much the night before Uh, he had a he had a weird trip to san francisco and he had a run-in with a cop right he had like yeah it's just like all these demarcation points in his daily life and this this song feels like it's it's something that it's not that it happened within this time. It's that 
at the very least, it's been on his mind for a long time. This is something that he regrets. This is something that he he needs to express an understanding of his own fault mm-hmm. and how this situation probably fucked up a friendship. Yeah, and I think it's to to build off that point is like it's one of those things where it's probably a feeling and experience that's been running underneath all yeah. of the rest that he's kind of dealing with on this record, um, either quietly or uh, you know more openly. And I think it's really telling that it follows troubled breathing because it feels like after dealing with a friendship that is very intense and trying to be there for someone, it makes sense for him to then want to make good to someone where he feels like he didn't do that. And yeah. that's a really interesting coupling to me. And it always has been right. It's, it's kind of like it, it. it's, you have to be able to, you know, admit your own faults here. And there's probably so much like good energy that he is feeling going into the record that he's writing and mm-hmm. the way that his band is progressing all of these good things seem to be happening to him even though there's plenty of bad shit that's happening that he's writing about but there are things that happen in your life when you're at fault where it it doesn't change you you know the whatever you're doing doesn't change the fact that at some point you fucked up and you mm-hmm. hurt someone's feelings and everything that you do that's going to be in the back of your mind and it's going to hurt you and it's going to you know just it's going to hamper your ability to accept what's happening and take in the good because here you have a situation where you wronged somebody and you know on in a lot of ways like the good things that might happen to you are at this person's expense at least in your own mind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think it's it's not a song where he's trying to like I mean, obviously, I think it's very easy to uh, sympathize with him and, like, relate to it. But it's it doesn't feel like the type where he's trying to manipulate you into feeling bad for him. I think he is at the, at the forefront trying to express, like, a genuine regret and apology to, like, someone else. And I think the fact that you, like, that anyone empathizes with his situation is because we've all probably been there. Yeah, I think that it's... it it's really just such a relatable story. Um, And I think that his ability to not mince words and Mm. to not maybe spin it in a way where he can turn what actually happened into something a little bit more, um, you know, he can, he can make the, the faults like a little bit more like, obvious and to the point sure. and he can you know color it in a way where it does have like a more you know like universal appeal but the appeal to this is that like this is how it happened we drank too many beers which i always appreciated the fact that it's not like you know we drank too much of something other than what we were actually drinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and yeah just exploring it and exploring the fallout and he's just honest and i think that that's something that really really radiates from it and i think it's it's speaks to what i think has always been one of his strengths is like there's a specificity to so much of what he's saying on this record but it's also ambiguous enough to feel completely applicable 
Yeah. You know, where I don't think he's changing the fact that they were up all night drinking, you know, because that's what they were doing. But it also feels so vague still. Like, you don't really know the concrete details, and that's the beauty of it. And, you know, when he says, like, headwind, cold rain to wake me, you know what that means. But I'm sure there's plenty of people who just see that as a... Right. A metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of what really makes a record like this so fascinating and fulfilling is it can always be read as either whatever way you need it to. Do you think that um, he does take a lot of ownership in here, but then there are, you know, aspects of, well, maybe this is how it happened. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, who's to say really? And, you know, the there are definitely, there's a possibility that that's all true, that like mm-hmm. there's blackouts involved and he doesn't know how this happened. Um, but you know, do you think it's, um, do you think he, he owns it enough? I don't know if that's for me to say, cause I don't know what he's owning. I suppose that's you know? true. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it compelling, mm-hmm. right? Is because I think, I think one of my issues with a lot of music and a lot of art in the present day is that people are being very prescriptive. Like this is an album about X or this is a song about X and it doesn't necessarily make me feel that i only know to feel that because you've told me to Mm -hmm. whereas this i feel regardless of knowing what it's about yeah you know and i think that's kind of the beauty of a lot of the best art is something can be like a straight up like this is a song about whatever and it can really convey that but this song makes me feel whatever it is because probably at some point in my life i've been on both sides of it yeah and i can use it to either feel like I'm getting maybe the closure I didn't or express regret in a way that is not absolving myself. And I think that's what I've always liked about it. And I think that's what I've always liked about the art I've connected to most is that it's not prescriptive to a moment. It's constantly applicable to whatever I'm experiencing. Yeah. I think that the title of sorry about that i i've always really appreciated because there's this like timid nature to it Mm -hmm. to where you you see him saying that to the other person involved here and you kind of like identify with just that yeah, we've been we've all been in the position of having to apologize for something and Mm -hmm. and it's so tough to stand and to and to give everything that you feel like you need to give but don't want to overdo it you know for the sake of the person who you've already wronged so yeah you know and it and it just ends up a lot of times just coming out in just like a you know, i'm really sorry about that yeah 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 and i i don't know that's it's why it's so charming to me and it's why it it's a song that like when i think about it in my brain i in like i don't know i don't always think about how much i like it because i think it's such a function but then i hear it either in the record or in a vacuum and i'm like it's clear that this only exists because it needed to yeah there was not like a songwriting ethos driving this it's basically this verse chorus verse chorus and i'm out uh-huh and there's 
it's purely the function of wanting to express this thing or needing to express this thing. And I think so much of what I love about music and in specific piece of art is that like it felt like the 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 author the creator felt it needed to exist yeah it needs to go on there and it 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 goes on there knowing that you know there's a dozen people who are out there who know exactly Mm -hmm. what he's talking about and i can and i love that a lot of this stuff you never really know you know he's he's never kind of like gone back and been like well it was about like i think i like that he kind of lets it sit and that yeah it's not a story for us to know but it's pretty fun to try and infer yeah no doubt um i think i'll always like too that this is uh this is an acoustic track that was probably not there wasn't too much care taken into miking it Nope. In the exact way that it should be. I love how like percussive and how little low end there is mm-hmm. on it. Um just the entire presentation on it, his vocals too, especially at the end, yeah. are just it's communicating so much, not only within the song, but as just like this is the end of the record. We are we are drawing to a close here. And it also is one of the rare acoustic songs where I feel like it 100% needs to be rendered that way. Yeah. Like additional layers or if this was a full band song, I don't think I would like it and I think their best acoustic songs are always that way like to jump ahead to blue in the face which there is an electric version of. That electric version I do not like. Yeah. And the that song needed to be what it is. And this is one where it's like when I look at how it's structured and how it's played, it doesn't make sense with any of the other stuff they had done this needed to exist this way. And the fact that it does is just, it's a real commitment and trust. And the fact that it's like someone who's in their early twenties who has the kind of like foresight to be like, I'm going to do this and it's probably going to make some people uncomfortable that I'm doing this, but it just has to be what it is. Like there's, there's a naivety and a confidence and just all these mix of emotions that really speak to, I think the space of he was in when he made it. And yeah, that's really cool to see. And and I think the the space of like the, the situation in, yeah. in general of just being like, I'm going to do this and it's probably going to, it's, it's a, it's a fucking bad idea. <laughs> well, no, totally, totally. It's like, there's no way this mended that fence. Right, right. Right. So like there is also that extra layer of you're doing a thing knowing it's not going to fix anything, which that's something. I mean, that's how it goes. That's just, you you fuck up you gotta live with it sometimes um what do you rate it i give it uh four apologies out of five i'll go up to four and a half it was on the it was on the cusp for me yeah sorry about that matt (laughs) hey i'm not sorry about this podcast me neither no chance i i have drank a lot of lacroix today but Mm -hmm. i am not sorry about this podcast I'll probably edit some of that pause out. <laughs> I want to see how long we could sit in there. Um, hey, this is a podcast about Alkaline Trio that I do with my friend David. And the only reason that I do it with my friend David is because I like hanging out with him. Likewise, buddy. And I tell you what, like having having a chance to do this with you and knowing that people are enjoying it in the way that they are, it just it just tickles me. 
It's uh, I I loved putting out uh, a few weeks ago. We put out a couple episodes where we were not super positive about songs, and I got people messaging me all the time, like, "What's your least favorite song? You got to spill it. You got to wait. You got to wait. You got to wait. That's the fun. Because we haven't even talked about my favorite song mm-hmm. or my least favorite song. There's still so much to come. So much to come. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm strapping myself in for the ride, baby. It's been good so far. Um, if you like what we're doing, tell a friend about it. Subscribe to it on your podcast player. Rate it, write a review, or you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We just did a friggin' marathon Blink-182 episode. We sure did. David's tired. Yes. I mean, me, I popped uh, I popped a little amphetamine about halfway through it, so I'm still doing good. I'm tired. I'm hungry. He's Everything is pain. He's cranky. He smells. Hey. I true. Sorry about that. Oh. Um, hey, no matter, no matter how you take this in, we're really glad that you're here. And we invite you to come back next week. We got another song to talk about, and it's gonna be great. I just know it's gonna be great. It's been great so far. And what what, what else do I gotta say about that? Nothing. That's it. Thanks, folks. <laughs>